Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. I am Sarah Troy, your host, and this week my guest is Christine Miskinski. I hope so. my Mik- mm, Miskinis? Am I pronouncing yep. that right? I am. Good. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, She wrote an article on Facebook that really drew me in, and it drew me in because it was an embracement of a journey um, that she has had all her life, and a direction that she decided to honor herself in, and in other words, she decided to take ownership over her own body, her own decision making, her own path in life. This is what the whole premises of this radio station is about, is celebrating people who understand is that we really are in ownership of our own choices, our own life. We can be reactionary to the things that happen to us, but ultimately the decisions of what we do with it is up to us. And I will celebrate somebody who's faced their diversity and uh, and decided to take ownership of that and look for an alternative and a different way of managing it. Uh, she was born with what they call Barrett's disease. And that disease is the uh, a gastritis type reflux disease. It's in the esophagus um, and it um, has a very long name which I'm not even going to pronounce. They call it GERD um, and it uh, breaks down the normal tissue lining of the esophagus, the tube that carries the food from the mouth to the stomach and it changes the tissue that resembles the lining into the intestines. So she had numerous digestive problems for all of her life. Uh, lots of doctors that she saw which we're going to hear more about and kind of just really getting to that point where they said, well, you know, this is going to lead to cancer. And at that point, she goes, no, it isn't. I'm going to take control over my own diet, my own life, my own choices. And this is what inspired me to her and inspired me to de- uh, for her to tell you the story today. Um, it's not a disease I don't think many people know about or probably even actually understand they may have or a symptom of it. Acid reflux today is something that's so commonplace and can be managed so much by diet, if only we knew how to manage our own nutrition. So this set her on the path to seek what nutrition would actually help her, her own wellness in her own life, so that she could actually live a life of meaningful purpose and joy. So we're going to celebrate that life today. We're going to celebrate where she's gone from there, which is starting a video blog on Mums TV, TV, uh, educating mums on how to feed their children nutritionally. She also has uh, a Rocking It radio channel. So she's out there living and she's out there participating in life. She's not letting anything get her down or get in her way. So let's learn these secrets from her so that you yourself can find a different direction in your own life. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, well, you know, as I said, you wrote this article, which I saw on Facebook, and it really kind of warmed me to you because of your, you know, the calm feeling overcame me, and I heard my inner voice say, you are well, go and allow your body to heal. And this is after you've been living so many years with this um, disease, and uh, you just decided to look at it in a different way. So why don't we first touch on a little bit of what the disease is and how it kind of crippled you, the journey that you had to that point. Beautiful, yeah. So I began, I entered the world actually with a lot of digestive distress. So I was the infant that had um, a lot of spit up, a lot of tummy troubles, a lot of gas, and what they would call here in the States they label that as a baby that has colic. And um, being that I was unable to breastfeed or my mother did not breastfeed me, it became very difficult for her to soothe me at all. And so there was lots of crying as an infant. And then as I became a toddler and a small child, um, it looked more like I had difficulty with elimination. Either I was dehydrated or I was constipated or I was having symptoms of diarrhea. But they could not really put the finger on it. They didn't know because I was such a small child what was actually happening. And I was a very happy child. I also was very sensitive to those around me. But the doctors would just ask me, are you worried? Are you nervous? 
And that I did not identify with. Mm-hmm. So it looked like, you know, growing up with eating food that I absolutely loved, always had a tremendous, wonderful appetite for all different sorts of food. However, when I would eat certain foods, it would leave me running to the bathroom, not feeling well and and complaining of tummy aches. And back then, they just really didn't know what to do with that. So I never knew when I was going to have what I would call an episode it would just come upon me. And mostly while my family was either outside, you know, eating out at a restaurant or at another family member or friend's home where they were preparing the food. So it looked like being sensitive to sauce, oils, um, some types of spice. Uh, tomatoes were a big offender for me. And so I just, it could, I never knew because I didn't, if I didn't know what was in the food, of course, I didn't know where the reaction was coming from. And honestly, it was a silent form of reflux because I wasn't burping and I didn't feel ever any burning sensation in my throat. I just thought that I had a sensitive stomach. So this is really important for mothers and caregivers of children who are either complaining about these types of symptoms or you're seeing something happening when they go to the bathroom with the elimination, with the the digestion. And so I didn't really know what any of this was, and my mother didn't know either. And um, what it looked like was, as I got older, it wasn't just the digestion that bothered me. I was having really terrible menstrual cycles. I didn't have acne, but when I got something, a pimple, it became a cyst, and they had to go in and lance it and take it out um, and cut it and drain it. So all these little symptoms, it was like, what is going on with me? Why is it that I don't have something that's big and glaring? However, I also had reoccurring sinus infections, and I did end up taking lots of antibiotics because... I was sick a lot. So I share all of this because this is all based on your immune system. But at the time, nobody really put those pieces together. We looked at those symptoms isolated from each of the symptoms that existed instead of the bigger picture that Mm -hmm. I really had stuff going on within my gut and that that's what needed to be healed. Yeah, and actually so many uh, kids that would um, have it today, um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with IBS later in life, but, you know, looking back, um, I always had that sensitive stomach. My brother was born with projectilitis, uh, which is the esophagus actually doesn't join with the stomach, um, and so he just projected everything up, and they had to cut him right open and join the tubes, and he has still this enormous scar today. Um, there are so many issues to do with how we take in our food and then how we react to it. And there really has not been a great deal of kind of medical research or knowledge about it, has, has there? No. In fact, um, while growing up, so then what happened was I started having these terrible episodes where as I got older and now I introduced like alcohol into my mm-hmm. system in my 20s and I was in college, so I introduced greater stress level of managing college and work and where I was going and all of this and socializing. And so I added in these other elements and suddenly I found myself with a real problem, which was I was ending up in the hospital three times a month from these episodes where my stomach would start to churn and you can hear it and I wouldn't be able to stand up. So I'd be crawling on the floor and I couldn't lie down because I was in excruciating pain and it was all around the stomach area and the intestinal area, and I would end up in the hospital, and they would just say, yeah, you have gastritis, you know, you have GERD, you have IBS. And they would give me the antacids, but nothing would help me until about 12 to 16 hours of being in this pain, and then suddenly everything would come out every which way. Mm -hmm. And so the doctors, no, they didn't even know how to treat this, and it seemed like everybody at the time was being diagnosed with IBS. 
So that's irritable bowel syndrome. Yep. So when I found myself like this, oh, yeah, you're just like everybody else in this group. I knew this can't be true because what I'm experiencing is so extreme and such at the extreme end of it that there has to be a reason. And at the same time, I was never overweight. I was very active in my life. You looked at me, I mean, I was, you know, I was strong, I was exercising, um, I was very, a very positive person with big dreams, pursuing, acting, and singing, and I was teaching elementary school. I mean, I really enjoyed my life, and then there was this mm -hmm. that nobody had an answer for. Yeah. That's always the frustrating thing, isn't it? Can somebody tell me what I've got, what I can do about it? So... And they yeah, love to come and, up. And they love actually, to come up with labels, but they, you know, it's it's a uh, and then you know, a pill is created for it, um, but that isn't the answer. Well, this is something else you're reminding me of that I actually don't think about or talk about often. But they started to ask about my mental health, mm -hmm. and at one point they tried to say, you know. Um, something's happening in your life, or are you depressed? Or are and they were like, I felt like they were trying to put that on me yeah. when that never existed. So I was very like, no. And then I'm starting to think, well, am I losing my mind because is this? Because they tried to make it like about a mind thing. Yeah. So you, you kind of get depressed because of the, the you <laughs> yeah. know, by the time they've finished mm -hmm. with you, you're feeling depressed. <laughs> exactly. You don't have the answers. You don't understand. And like I said, I was a very, I was young. So, um, you know, I had the digestive stuff my whole life. But as they started to look at me, I didn't have the Barrett's until the age of 24. And at that point in time, what they shared with me was this is a disease that affects people that are 75 and older mm. and so what happened with me was they became very concerned because life expectancy at 24 is very different from 75 and so that was the big thing that's why this was uh, so scary for me was that wow we don't know what's going to happen I have such a long time to live my life and they didn't have the answers so is that what the catalyst was in you seeking your own answer? Yes, that was exactly it, was that my doctor said to me, just keep taking this. And he explained it to me, you know, very beautifully and simplistically by saying that your stomach cells are trying to protect the cells in your throat from the acid so that it doesn't create holes and wear away at your actual throat. And so because the stomach cells can deal with these types of acid, it's, they're growing up now into your throat. And I said, okay, so what can we do? What's the next step? Because I was following the Western medical systems and taking the pills and, you know, doing any surgeries, whatever it was, I was going to do it. But at that point, the doctor said, no, you'll just keep taking your antacids, which were not helping, and we'll monitor you. So when it becomes cancer, if it becomes yeah. cancer, we're going to go in, we're going to treat you. <laughs> Oh, and that was the moment that I said, everybody has lost their mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the thing is, you know, uh, there's a good old saying, stitch in time. You know, get to something mm -hmm. before it gets out of control. And, you know, it, this is this thing about let's wait and see what it transpires to. Then we'll go in and start slicing and cutting and taking things out. And it's like prevention, people, prevention. Uh, you know, this is... Everybody has something in their body that is is weak. And if you know that, then you start fortifying it with the right nutrition, the right attitude, the right approach to life. And, uh, you know, start protecting it before it starts breaking down. This, you know, let's wait for you to get cancer and then we'll deal with it is horrific. Absolutely horrific. Mm -hmm. So that was your catalyst. Mm -hmm. That was okay. Forget this. I'm going to start taking care of myself. Yes, and there was something, there was definitely, you know, my higher self, God, universe, there was definitely something larger at work because, as you can imagine, I was a proactive person. I was, you know, studying nutrition and trying really to figure it out on my own, but I didn't have the foundation of really what I was dealing with until this moment. And so when the doctor pretty much said, well, we will monitor you, my mind started to race. 
because back then, you know, people that had this disease and had this type of cancer, they were not surviving, and it was not really a beautiful, wonderful lifestyle. There was not a procedure that would just fix this issue. And so my mind started to think about, who do you know? Where can you go? What do you... All this stuff. And like, just a couple of seconds, it cycled through whatever it knew, the whole system, my whole system, and then it went blank. It was like a... Like, there's nothing. Like, (laughs) I don't know. You're on your own, right? Like, no answers. And in that moment, Sarah, I I could feel, literally feel in my body almost as if some, like a power within me sat up. It was my own soul. And I could clearly hear, because there was no other noise in the room, um, you are well. Go and allow your body to heal. Mm, Very powerful. And, yeah, and I will tell you, I was, that was confirmation to me that my body had the ability to heal and all I needed to do was to find the truth that would allow for that to happen mm-hmm. for me. And that's that's the huge step. I think this is, you know, where people become, as you said, you know, they, they were looking for depression, they were looking for cancer, they were looking for this, and they keep trying to look for something that makes you actually feel worse, that cripples you. And if you give in to that, you know, you will end up sicker than you actually went in. You know, when when we actually decide we're going to be well, you know, we're going to love and nourish our bodies, and that we're going to do everything we can to honor this vessel, and you know, nutritionally, vibrationally, with love, you know, that already starts setting it in beautiful momentum. The healing powers, because we do have those healing powers within us. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's very true. And. I did not know that until that moment in the doctor's office. In fact, what I also discovered, the first part of this healing, was that I am in control. Like, I have the ability to allow my body to be whole Mm -hmm. and not to be sick. Body, mind, and spirit, but it is the body, mind, and spirit. So I relinquished any save me, fix me, pushing through life, forcing to do it all, like the way that I was actually living life and the choices I was, I was making was also a part of, making, of me being sick. However, because my body was in such distress and chaos, I could not meditate. I could not sit quietly for five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It was part of my upbringing, and it was also part of the way that I had learned to do life, to navigate life, and to live my life. So the healing began very simplistically when I was able to clear out my body of this chaos, of this distress, of this disease, and my whole disposition started to change. So what I didn't share with the listeners yet was that, you know, I grew up, I'm, I'm Spanish, I'm Italian, I'm mixed descent, and I thought like this fiery, feisty, you know, hey, my God, I thought <laughs> no holding that you was, back. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought that was my culture. I thought like, yeah, I'm a pimp, and I'm going to go out there, and I, you know, this is how I am, and because I'm so passionate, and I'm so, I, I believed that. Yet when I returned to Whole Foods, and I really started to put it put back the bacteria that my body was missing and rebalance my system I became calm and peaceful and clear and powerful and yes then followed the intuition and the presence and the ability to meditate and get quiet and feel the completeness mm-hmm. of the mind body spirit connection and soul Yes, that divine soul intellect came in and basically switched you back on, saying you can heal yourself. And it resonated with your heart um, and then into your spirit of action. And then your mind was calm enough to know what it needed to do at the time it needed to do it. And it's when we allow this to happen, we realize we're not alone in the universe. Um, The answers are there if we're willing to open up and receive them. And and find that calmness. 
So let's go to the foods first, because there's a hell of a lot of people out there with the acid reflux, with the IBS, if not the Barrett's. Um, it's a c such a common trend today, and a, a great deal of it is our stress, because we overstress ourselves, um, and also most certainly our diet. So what were the, some of the things that you changed that started helping your digestive um, system? The first thing was definitely the um, the bacteria and putting in the high-quality probiotic. Mm -hmm. um, because, remember, I was not feeling well and, you know, my family gave me a lot of over, even over-the-counter medications and antibiotics and vaccines and all of these things because they believed, you know, my compromised immune system could be counteracted with those things. Mm -hmm. And so we were treating the symptoms. So the best, the first thing to do was then to replenish my gut so that it could digest the food that I was eating and absorb the nutrients that I was actually, you know, eating and digesting, but it, my body was not converting it. Yes. Yeah, people don't realize that. So. It just breaks it down into acid, and then you're not getting any of the nutritional value whatsoever from that food. Um, so the probiotics are something that is so simple, um, yet does so much work in your body. Yes, and, and, you know, we also, I grew up with the standard American diet, so therefore there were no fermented foods <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like pickles and sauerkraut, you know, the way the foods have been fermented for centuries. It's like all those traditional ways of creating bone broth and soup mm -hmm. and um, all of that. I did not grow up with that. I grew up with a lot of packaged foods, um, a lot of bread and pasta a lot of like sauce and oils and mm -hmm. you know I grew up with all of those things and many of them have just lost to me there's no nutrients even in them so if I came into the world this way and then my mother wasn't even able to breastfeed me now the whole thing about the breastfeeding and also passing on all the great antibodies yeah. I you know I was missing these pieces therefore I needed to then put them back in with the organic food Without the pesticides, um, I needed to make the food more readily available to my body because my body and was not digesting, was not even breaking down the food properly. So for a long time, I had to steam every, you know, all the vegetables. I couldn't even eat the raw unless I was making some type of a juice or a smoothie. Mm -hmm. And what I was most amazed at was how my even taste changed and how, because I never thought that I would like to eat very simple vegetables and green vegetables, you know, without all the sauce and heavy, yes. you know, things. Yeah, but I did. Like, so, and then there was this other thing. I always had these cravings for sugar and chocolate bars and I would keep them, you know, as healthy as I was trying to be, I would keep the Snickers bar in the car with me. This was before, you know, all of this happened. And I would have it in the middle of the day because I was exhausted. I was lethargic and I was also craving nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I would say to myself, oh, Christine, you just don't have any willpower. Look at you. You don't buy the stuff, but when you're out, you'll grab it. You'll keep it in the car. And, you know, and I would beat myself up over the fact that I thought I didn't have willpower. However, when I began healing my gut by adding in the probiotics, bone broth, traditional foods, organic fruits and vegetables, um, my, my body started to recover. And all of those cravings went away. I no longer, I could pass the yodels on, I could pass the Snickers bars, and I could walk in, and I could say, nope, not even interested. Well, you know, when you, when you juice all those beautiful vegetables and some fruits and things together. It's like nectar. You know, it is just mm. so delicious. And I love to steam my vegetables, especially root vegetables. And then I just take a, a little bit of maybe kind of dressing, onion sauce, a little something over the top. Um, you know, whole garlic um, and yams and beets and, you know, um, lovely juicy carrots. And 
just cook them to a point where they're they're softening up but they're not you know mush and just a bowl of those vegetables are absolutely delicious and the amount of nutrient that they hold in there and of course smoothies is another lovely way of you know for me through the summer it's always yogurt a greek yogurt the heavy yogurt none of that added sugar stuff uh, banana some berries and cashew milk because i can't take milk and I drink that and it's a way of kind of giving me my breakfast and I'm getting so much nutrient in there because a little bit like you I can't take that kind of heavy stuff my body won't digest it so you have to find an easier way of putting food into your body that some people just digest slower don't they so therefore put more liquidy type foods you know soups uh, stews um, you know as you say making the making everything from the the bone broth your chicken when you're finished take the carcass and make chicken broth out of it all of these things that hold such nutritional value in their base mm-hmm. yes and so we just we don't even know i grew up not knowing this my parents you know they didn't know either so everyone started to say well that's so strange and odd and how are you doing this mm-hmm. and really it became so simple and there was something else too that I did when I when I um I started working with a holistic nutritionist because she's the one who um supported me in this healing process and she would say you know you need digestive enzymes right now so you can break down your food you need some support in helping your body and we did that for a little while until my body could do it on its own mm-hmm. and so this is not you know some of the things you do won't be forever However, when you change your lifestyle, you will never go back to the way you used to be. So the other thing is, you know, people would say, oh, it's so strange, or why do you do this, and why do you do that? I mean, I was very strict for about three months in my healing journey. And then when I was out, I would have a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. I would occasionally have, you know, it's not that you need to cut yourself off from all of this. It's just really putting in more of the good stuff and then listening to your body and you'll be more connected to your body um, when you're eating the whole foods. And people don't realize how many people actually have candida. And uh, yeah, and that is um, it's so many people have that, and it makes you tired, and it pulls you down, and it, you know, your digestive system isn't good, and and you know the diet for that can be very strict for ten days, and and then after that, over you know the next uh, twenty days, you slowly introduce things, but it just helps clean out all that kind of fresh that's in your body cleans out all that gunk and especially if you've been on a lot of antibiotics you need to clean that out and it helps you rebalance your body so it's another huge thing that people don't realize they carry around and that just stops them from being well you know because they keep taking another pill and all that's doing is contributing Mm -hmm. to the problem Right. And when you speak about candida, you know, I would say also for anyone who thinks you have what you would call a sweet tooth, yes, that is a clear indication for you that you have candida mm-hmm. overgrowth. And so we don't know, like I grew up and my mom was always like, oh, I have a sweet tooth, I have a sweet tooth her whole entire life. I mean, she would take the sugar bowl and literally pour it into her mouth when she was a child. I mean, so as you can see, even if you have family members with digestive issues or, you know, any type of being overweight and really feeling that they don't feel well in their body, then, you know, these things are passed on. Yes. So I actually gave birth to my son, and at the time, he also had some sensitivities, and then we needed to work towards that. So while even breastfeeding, I was also giving him supplements that you would think, oh my gosh, it's crazy, why would you do this to an infant? Um he really needed it for a time being and it really served him in, in you know, because especially if you have um, the vaginal birth, I was passing on. Even though I had been on my own healing journey and balanced my body, you know, there are still things. There are still things you carry and when the baby goes through the birth canal, they pick up all of that on their way out. Yeah. So um, it's very important for mothers to know you're not crazy and it's not just part of being a baby the spitting up the excessive crying uh the inability to sleep 
soundly. Um, these are all any kind of rash on the skin. These are all clear signs, and I think as mothers, we intuitively feel these things in the beginning. However, when we go to the doctor, the doctors will typically say, oh, yeah, that's just this. Here, put this on that rash. Here, use this for this, or stop breastfeeding and do this, or the baby can't take the, you know, the um, cow's milk, so let's give an alternative formula. I mean, right there or the reoccurring ear infection, so let's put the tubes in the ears. I mean, all of this for mothers is, and you know it instinctively, intuitively, however we go, and then we're like, you know, fix my baby, and that's their answer. But it's really not the answer. I went through the the tube thing um, with my Mm -hmm. daughter. She had um, um, ear infections that, you know, she'd go to bed and then like 10 minutes later be screaming her head off. And I'd have to go down to emergency, and true enough, there'd be an infection in there, and she'd be screaming in pain. So at five, she went through the whole tube operation, and for a little while, it was all right. And then they fell out, and we went back to it again. And, you know, I decided to forget this. At this point, I'd joined a nutritional company, and I kept her home for a month um, from school and homeschooled her and got her onto this nutritional package. And I built up her immune system, and she has not had an ear infection ever in her life. Um, she's had one or two antibiotics for maybe you know bronchitis or something else in her life because she's turning 27 now, but that never yeah. ever repeated itself, and it's because I built her immune system up, and that was really what was happening. She kind of she had an awful lot of dental stuff because of the um, the fevers that she had and it destroyed the enamel um, and it's all part and parcel of it and what they were doing was constantly giving antibiotics and we weren't getting down to the root of the problem when I boosted up her immune system and made it stronger she could fight it herself mm. it is it is amazing and the thing is we're you know these conversations aren't happening mm-hmm. outwardly enough yes so, and then we could feel guilty. We could feel badly about this. Oh, my goodness, my child, I had this done, I had that. But we have grown up with these ideas and these times where, you know, this is what will happen, and we buy into the whole fix the symptom. Yes, exactly. And as more of us start speaking out, and like you're doing here, educating ourselves, this is what it means to be in your power. This is what it means to be connected to your intuition and really knowing the difference of when it's a good time to do a procedure or when it's time to keep your child home from school for a month and homeschool Mm -hmm. her to build and boost her immune system. I mean, how powerful is that as a mother to be able to do that for your child? But you see, then uh, at that point, I had got more educated. I had discovered that it was a nutritional thing. She had been breastfed. In fact, she'd been breastfed for two and a half years in her life. Um, there was no reason why she kept having these fevers and these, you know, this type of thing happening to her. And it was like, why? And, uh, you know, it, you would have thought with the breast milk she had, you know, a good, strong constitution. It was just one of her weaknesses. But when I, you know, got into the nutrition, I at that time was incredibly sick. Um, I was on eight antibiotics a year. Um, for bronchial asthma or for uh, kidney disease or, you know, um, for something. And all it was doing was just breaking me down, breaking me down, breaking me down. Then I'm in and out of hospital with everything else going wrong. And then I got introduced to this nutritional uh, company. I poured myself into the nutritionals. I didn't see anyone over the summer. And in the fall, I went to this kind of meeting and people are looking at me, who are you? I had lost weight. You know, uh, everything about me was more vibrant. I had more energy. I felt so much healthier. And it's I'd given my body a chance. I'd replenished it. I'd rebuilt it up. I'd built out its own immune system and fortified it. For me and my system, it needed still that fortification afterwards. Some people can, you know, drop off it and maybe just subsidize it with food. I need those supplements in my body. Plus, I'm an old fart, so, you know, things break down more. So we need to kind of keep things going. <laughs> but you've got to be open to the fact that, you know, one of the things gets me is they talk about uh, nutritionals and herbs and vitamins and, and uh, all of this stuff. 
as alternative. Um, actually, Western medicine is the alternative. Um, this other medicine has been around for centuries, for thousands of years. Um, you know, not knocking Western medicine, absolutely brilliant when, when you do need an antibiotic, when it comes to fixing you, heart transplants, limbs, putting you back together. But they're no good at preventative. And they're no good at building up an immune system to prevent things from happening. And this is where you have to marry the two together and understand when you need a doctor, but when you can be your own physician by looking after your body nutritionally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that it's it's interesting because when you said, you know, you, you started... Um, doing a nutritional program and learning about this and it's almost that we become so confident almost fierce about mm -hmm. what we learn as a truth and people see that as like oh yeah well you only eat organic or you only yes I have good reason and yes. you should too and I agree <laughs> yeah the organic shouldn't even be called organic. Let's call your food, the, you know, the other food, the pesticide contaminated. <laughs> yeah, contaminated. <laughs> I mean, what? We're just doing the real thing here. Yeah. So um, it's just, you know, this is available to everyone. Yeah. It's, Truly. It's choice. It's choice. You know, if, if something isn't working, you've just got to be open and willing to actually look at something that you have to try a few things until you find out what works. But you've got to be willing to step out of what isn't working and go and seek something that will work. Yes. And then it's just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the beginning of living your life that more powerfully, that much more powerfully. Because once, like I say, you discover this truth, it's like, what, what else didn't I know about? Mm -hmm. What else could I be doing? What else can I do for my child who has, Asperger's or attention deficit or I mean I was a public school teacher I saw these behavioral issues digestive issues um, disorders as everybody's labeling and calling them and learning learning dysfunctions and all of this and in a decade in just 10 years I watched our children's health deteriorate right before my very eyes and then I was be I was asked to you know well teach them about fractions and decimals and after lunch when they're eating skittles and you know all of that I mean I my head couldn't wrap around what was happening with our children and that's how I started speaking to moms because of course the moms are experiencing this and now they hear there's another way what yeah. there's what in the food there's dyes and there's things that are that are causing my child to feel this way and act out. I mean, if I remove these things, my child will be comfortable and calm and be healthy. able to focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, healthy. I mean, these are our guinea pigs, really, our children. I mean, but, you know, how powerful. If you can do this for your children, you can do this for yourself, you can mm -hmm. do this for the generations that follow, we can create the change and the inspiration to take back our health. I mean, I was very lucky because I was brought up in an era, and, and especially um, um, and more in the countryside where everything we had, you know, was naturally organic. As you're saying, mm. it, this is the alternative food today with all this chemical base and GMOs. And I've done quite a number of shows on, on anti-GMO. Um, we know we, we were brought up with that foundation of good, hearty, based food as you said that you know the bone soup and the good healthy vegetables not sprayed with pesticide and um you know we know that roundup is in that pesticide it's even though it's illegal and banned they still manage to put it in under the radar um, this genetic modified food it's all very good but in a lot of ways the kind of subsidizing of nutrients they've put in there our body can't digest uh, uh, you know digest in that formation and so it's some ways that food is, oh, but it's so nutrient and powerful. Yeah, but it's not designed to be broken down by the body and be digested and it's causing more problems. Um, we really got to stop being sheeple. Um, we've got to look at the labels. If we can't pronounce it, don't buy it. You know, support our local, understand what does our local do? Do they spray? Um, how do they 
uh, kill their meat? How do they raise their meat? You know, we need to be more mindful of what we put in our body uh, to fortify it. Um, and that means that means taking that ownership, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Taking the ownership and and knowing that it's not that difficult. It's actually going to be easier for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. So, and it's probably just as much work and it's much more peaceful than any other alternative. So, for example, I only bring my children, if I do, to the doctor, to the pediatrician once a year. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they don't get sick, because they are in school with lots of other kids and they're on the playgrounds and they're doing that and they do get sick. They do recover faster. And I do have other ways of taking care of them when they are sick. And a lot of those ways are nutritionally. And so people will get scared and, you know, oh, this and that. And my son has this and he's been sick forever and all of this. I know what to do. So I have like a toolbox now mm-hmm. of goodies that I can share. And I'm teaching my children how to do the same. So it's what if it's homeopathy or it's essential oils or it's good old garlic and onion packs. But yeah. if they have a cough or if there's something, how you know, how to drain it, how to increase the circulation. Like, yeah, cut an onion in half and put it in the oven at 350 for 15 minutes and put that up to the child's ear or chest or back and it'll improve the circulation so that they can get out all the gunk that is sitting within them and they feel better. And they're learning how to take care of themselves versus looking for a Band-Aid or a yeah. quick fix. Exactly. And, you know, things like turmeric, introducing it into their diet very early, Um, you know, ginger, which is absolutely healthy, you know, the garlic, which is healthy, Um, you know, getting them into the acidophilus. Um, I've got a a name of a nutrient that is sitting there. You probably know what it is. It's an immune builder. And what I used to do is in the August, put each one of my kids on it. And and the name is just out there right now. I'm not grasping it. and we used to put uh, all of the kids on a, on a bout of this before they went back to school to boost their immune systems because if they went and got the colds in the September when all the kids were back, it would just continue all the way through the school year. If they avoided those, they might end up with one little sniffle or a cold somewhere in the, in the new year, um, you know, January, February time, as opposed to being sick all the way through the year. Um, and it's acidophilus no that's um and i'm complete echinacea there we go okay echinacea and it's a beautiful immune builder you don't take it when you're already sick you take it up ahead of time and also if you have been sick and you recovered in other words you can't have bacteria in your body it helps replenish your body and so you know teachers that are working in the system should be on it because you've got sick kids around you all the time so it's a it's a fantastic nutrient to take. Yeah, and who could think? So people, you know, they ask me, well, how do you do this? And what about this? And how, you know, how do we get better so quickly? And it's just it's this information yeah. that we really need to start circulating and empowering people to empower themselves. But yes, you do have to be open-minded. And it will happen because once you try something one time and you see what it does you will just be ignited with a spark of wanting to know more and wanting to be able to do more for yourself and your family and you don't have to wait until you have a big glaring condition to decide you know what it's time for me to feel really good in my body to feel healthy and vibrant um, and to you know have energy <laughs> and clear skin yes. and not suffer from allergies or bloating bellies or extra weight. You know, all of this stuff that we carry on and we think that we are less than is only because we have not fully accepted our power and honored our body's ability to heal naturally. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing better than a mother's network. 
You know, when a mother starts sharing things, I do this and my Johnny's that. You do what? How do you get it? Where do you get it? Uh, and, you know, it it goes through the pipeline so quickly. And you have your own little video TV blog there where you share um, those that knowledge that you've learned along the way. Yeah, so I do. I have um, Mom's Coach for Life TV. It's on a YouTube channel. And um, you can also find these things just by punching in my name into the Internet, Christine Miskinis. So M I S K I N I S, like you've seen in the link, and it's all on the yeah. posting here too. All of your links, so they yeah. can find them all there. Mm-hmm. And so you have that, yeah. and that every week you address uh, certain questions and and uh, and also receive uh, you know answers from other people. So it's a very it's a shared channel type thing. It is absolutely shared. You can bring any questions. Some people have asked about. You know, even mental health questions, sometimes it's just great to know um, as a mother that you're supported and that there's another way or there's something else to do or try or to let go of and have the support of being seen and having the support of, you know, this happened to me. Yes, it's happened to me, like you said, and sharing the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's how we learn. And, you know, as far mm-hmm. as mental things is, again, I think it's, again, we need to look at the mental aspects as the same way we do the other. Um, the label is purely a diagnosis of what the issue is. It, it doesn't come uh, become a definition of who you are. It's just something that you have. And it's the same thing when we look at the, the mental industry. Um, uh, I have a show that was on last week excuse me, under their story matters of a gentleman who has run multi-million dollar companies, invented things, has an in- incredible mind, uh, uh, you know, just come out with a yet another brilliant program, and he has OCD, but he calls it OCP, Obsessive Compulsive Phenomenon. And he looks upon mm-hmm. all of the things he has, broken back, uh, you know, all of the stuff that he's had has been a gift in his life. Uh, he's had brain injuries. Um, he's died due to brain injuries and breaking his back. But each one of those things he's looked upon as a gift because it's given him a sense of understanding, value, and knowledge in life. So I think when we look at these labels that are given to us, there are things that are labeling the problem. But that doesn't define who you are. It just means that's your challenge. Now what are you going to do with it? Mm. I love that. <laughs> it's important, isn't it? Because people get so caught up in a label. Oh, I've got this. I've got that. And uh, immediately they start nurturing the problem. And they stop looking to a solution. And there is always an answer. And the way you're going to get that answer is by talking about it. Because you'll be surprised of how many other people who either have it or know somebody who has it or knows what to do about it. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, that's the network, right? The yes. Case, the net, our, our network is our net worth. Yes, <laughs> I agree with you completely. Um, the more you mm-hmm. share the story, the more you, you take away the cloak and dagger. Um, if you have been rushing your kids to doctors and they have been on antibiotics, don't go and beat yourself up and say, oh, why did I do that? I should have changed to nutrition a long time ago. If you didn't know, you didn't know. But once you do know, act on the knowledge. That's the point. The, you know, don't keep going back into the old pattern and the same old problem is happening be willing to change and try different solutions until you find one that's right for you because it's not a one solution fits all but there is certainly a blanket of solutions like the organic foods uh, like the mindful and uh, grateful eating uh, like learning your own body's digestive does it digest slow does it go fast can it take meat can it take chunky vegetables can it take liquid understanding your body this takes time to explore and you've got to be willing to invest that time in your own body and in your children's bodies to actually understand what's best for them because that becomes their tool for life doesn't it yes mm-hmm. and honestly like i said before it doesn't take that much time mm-hmm. to reach the first the first step the first level of awareness of discovering what really is true, what is really happening. It doesn't take that much time. If I could have these precancer cells suddenly start scarring over and clearing out of my throat within three months, yes, something I dealt with my entire life within three months, 
than you can imagine. And it only took one month, not even, a couple of weeks, yeah, about three, four weeks to feel the difference starting to happen within me. And I think so many times what could happen is people get discouraged or other people start to talk to you about what it is you're doing and they tell you what they've done and then it's like going down the rabbit hole versus standing in your power and saying, I'm going to see this through. I'm going to stay with this. And for me, even though there were people around me kind of saying, oh, well, you have to eat like that or you have to do this, I, of course, was like, my life depends upon it. And then they understood and they backed away. And so that was sort of my shield because when I did go places, what was happening is people would say, oh, let's prepare something special for Christine. This is only because of the condition that I had. However, you can do this for yourself. And when you do this, like people now, 13 years later, are now adopting to these things that I've done all along. And they're saying, remember when you do now, they honor it. Now they value it for themselves. So, yeah, you do have to be a little bit of a a warrior to kind of get in there and really stand firm. But once you do, there's no turning back. It is not a cult, but you will (laughs) see. <laughs> but you will see how powerfully, how how these people do become so sure, right, that I'm only going to eat like this because it is what is serving them. So find what it is that serves you and start serving it up in your life. And, you know, if you are in that transition, if you aren't able to kind of eat outside of your food realm and you're going to someone's place to eat, take your own dish and say this is no offense to your cooking whatsoever i don't want to put the burden on you of my particular diet you just serve this up along with everybody else's and i've taken that worry from you and you know if if you are a host and um i've entertained a great deal in my life if somebody has got a special diet and you can't meet it for some reason um it, there's no shame or no harm and no foul just to take your own food along and say look i'm on this special diet uh, you know, do you mind me eating my own food? What host is going to say, no, you've got to eat mine? <laughs> <laughs> and if they do, it's time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that comes into respect. Respect what you know, what you want to do for your body. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what you And have today to it is easier because yeah. today they have, you know, the gluten-free and the dairy-free, like... It is becoming more of the norm. However, you know, 13 years ago, it was not, and people still honored it. So if you just say, it makes me sick, (laughs) literally just tell them, I get very sick, you know, then they will be more accommodating. And I have to share, I never really had to bring my own food anywhere. People, and again, I understand because I had the condition, right? But I don't know. It's just if you give people the opportunity, people would call me and say, Christine, I'd like to order something you can eat. Yeah. You know, they would even extend to that way. So, yeah, open up your mind because you never realize how people will support you. And then the changes, because then when they'd order the organic food, all this pe- the other guests would say, wow, that's really good. I like that. So you are also paying it forward. Exactly, exactly. And ask, you know, why are you on this diet? You know, uh, what can I try? And, you know, that's the whole thing is, you know, stop sitting there in your chair and going, I am sick, more drugs, more pills, more this, more that. And going like, you know, uh, if I don't stand up and take ownership over my own health, I've got no one else to blame. And, you know, this is where we really have to kind of start investigating. There is so much disease today, so much obesity today, so many malnutritionist people today um, because they're just not getting the nutrition from the food that they're eating. Um, And we really have to start looking not only at the foods, the way we grow the food, the attitude towards food, be cooking our food at home, making it a family event, um, and just going back, I think, a lot to the basics of how food used to be prepared, grown, and eaten, and also certainly eat it in gratitude as well. Mm. Right, that changes a great deal, doesn't it? So tell us about Absolutely. your rocking it out uh, mm. radio show too. 
Oh yes. So then, when what did, what happened for me, like I shared, is that I became, you know, because I was a, a teacher in the actual <laughs> the classroom with the kids, I started coaching the moms. I started teaching the moms on nutrition, and believe it or not, that became the easy thing. What became the not so easy thing was the woman and her lifestyle and the reasons why she was eating food or drinking wine at night or eating ice cream at night after the kids were in bed. And so I uncovered that there was more happening for the women in their homes and even themselves as they started to navigate and learn about how to be mother and wife and businesswoman and daughter and can't write all of these. So I started coaching women also on their own mindset, on their own goals and how they can achieve and have and not have it all because we already over-consume, at least here in the United States, we are over-consuming everything, mm. but to be it all as a woman. Self-abundant rather than you know, uh, physical abundance, self-abundance, right? Yes, yes. Not looking and searching as I had been doing, not that lack that something is missing, yeah. but sitting in your power as a woman because from my standpoint, the women are the nurturers, the caregivers. Um, they are the biggest consumers in their homes. They're the one doing the shopping or the cooking. I mean, typically, and the caregiving of the children and the customs and the traditions and the and the and the and the. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> it's really just as I went in and found the root of my cause. I have now discovered that let's work with the woman and how she is showing up in her life for others because she is the big catalyst for change in her family. And I've started the, the it's rocketoutwoman.com and it's for the woman who desires to be it all in her life and do it in a way that is healthy and prosperous and really changing her family's life as well by this high vibrational living and very simplistically. So it's nothing that you need to go and search and buy and all of this, it's already within you. So it's just more healing that happens when you work intimately with a woman, when you get clear on what are her stories, how was she raised, and sometimes those painful experiences that she overcame and how that's almost like those are her gifts now to share and to teach others. So I, I work with moms. I work with um, entrepreneurial women who are really clear that they want to live life in their own way that is based in the values and beliefs and truths that they have discovered and they are unwilling to sacrifice um, their happiness, their time, their energy to do anything. So really it's about living this abundant life from the inside out. Yes, yes. And to rock it out. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that really is the foundation of everything. I mean, you know, that, that inner abundance, that the true wealth of a person is, you know, that, that soul, heart, spirit, mind uni uniting. Um, it is being all you can be, embracing all the love, and the love of life within you and exuding that out to others. If you're, you know, not nourished, if you're deplenished, um, if you're not happy, if you're living a life of servitude rather than a joyful life of service, uh, it's going to reflect and your body will start breaking down, the mind and the heart and soul starts breaking down and you get lost. And the way we do find our ways back is through sharing. Again, I think when women get together and share, um, become you know the camaraderie and collaboration and support and love um, women can heal women faster than anything when they come together and it's uh, you're doing two great things here you've got the the video um, TV where you're actually you know helping women discover the nutrition for their own families and then you've got the support of the radio where you're actually encouraging women to find and give permission to that love of self and find that abundance within them so you know kudos to you for uh, your journey leading you to inspire others thank you so much Sarah and I, I do appreciate you having me on the show and sharing this because what I have discovered is what I learn I am meant to teach and yeah. to also express and that's 
That's what it all is about for me. It's just meeting you where you are and showing you, oh my gosh, there's another way to do life. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that domino effect, I mean, we inspire each other. Um, it's it's always been that way, um, and that inspiration gives other people permission and tools and knowledge in order to seek out their own inspiration in life, and that's what it is all about. So would you please let everybody know how they can uh, find you on your site, how they can rock it out with you, uh, the, the video channel, and all that information. Absolutely. So if they go to um, www.rock, R-O-C-K, it's I-T, out, O-U-C, woman, W-O-M-A-N, dot com, you can just put in, you can sign up for my newsletters. And um, in there, I give lots of beautiful awareness to self-development stuff and also the nutritional components of how to live a holistic life. Um, and then you can connect with me. I'm on Facebook, Christine McGinnis. There's a fan page, Mom's Coach for Life. Um, there's another page, Growing Green Babies for Moms with Babies in the Baby Stage. And um, and then I have my radio, which is Rocket Out Radio with Christine. And there is an app for that as well. So you can go to the Apple Store and you can get the app and have it on your phone. And we come together weekly and we have conversations like this one that we have here where we're talking about things that people are not talking about. Exactly. <laughs> the behind the scenes, the real deal, the reality, real reality of um, what's happening. And so it's just a place to gather, connect and inspire and care. Exactly. And the, you know, that's what it is about, folks, is that when you learn something, share it. Um, and, you know, talk about it, you know, everybody coming together and sharing their pool of knowledge only empowers everyone. So, you know, don't ever be ashamed or afraid or, you know, or hiding behind something that you have um, or that you feel. Get out and share it. You'll find there's somebody else out there that's been through a similar thing. And then this is how they resolved it. This is how we actually find solutions in the world is by coming together, openly talking about it and collaboratively working together to find a solution. So thank you for finding your solution and sharing it with the world. Until next time, folks, be very kind to yourself by being open to the knowledge that's there for you.